consumer demands disruptive technologies and AI are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on these issues with leaders who are driving change. We hope that these stories will inspire you to create and demand a better future in healthcare. Please welcome your host, Alan Tam, Chief Marketing Officer at Actium Health. Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, healthcare. Negotiations between hospitals and unions have always been complicated. Today, they are regularly becoming longer in duration, more contentious, and receiving a higher level of public scrutiny. How does a health system communication leader develop strategies to communicate effectively with internal and external audiences? And what's the impact that these situations and communications have on your brand? I'm joined here today with Alan Shoebridge, Associate Vice President, National Communication at Providence. Alan has always been one of our favorite repeat guests and has shared some amazing insights on the range of topics that include patient activation, navigating the talent crisis, and connecting with Gen X healthcare consumers. Alan, welcome back again. It's great to have you and reconnect with you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here and talk about this subject. Awesome. So it's a new role for you at Providence. Tell me about this transition and kind of how you came about into this new role. Well, you know, I'm what I've heard some people describe as a rebound employee. <laughs> uh, so I actually worked at Providence for about 12 years. And then I kind of went on a little bit different journey and I, got, I came back and uh-huh. I came back first as a chief communications officer for the state of Oregon. Uh, Providence has a pretty big operations there, but we went through some changes and did some restructuring throughout our organization to become more efficient. And as part of that, a new role opened up on the national team. And so I'm taking on a variety of uh, issues and subjects at a national level across all of our seven states. Awesome. So one of the things that is kind of top of mind for our audience is why has labor unrest become so pervasive and frequent nowadays? Yeah, well, I think a lot has come out of the pandemic. So, you know, you think about disruption that came out of the pandemic, new models of care, doing things differently, but also just a lot of stress on the workforce. Workforce issues have become, you know, really pronounced. So as part of that, there's just been a lot of energy around organizing new unions, existing unions asking for, you know, more benefits, higher pay. And again, health systems a lot of times want to work with or caregivers and employees to do that, but it's taken a different turn. It's become very public. And I think it's really been driven by the pandemic. And, you know, we talk about various types of disruption that came out of the pandemic, but I think what's happening with labor and the workforce is one of the top things. And most people might not think about it all the time because it could be a little bit under the surface, but then it flares up. So we saw a lot of activity and we saw a pickup in activity really pre-pandemic and then especially 21 and 22. And this year, it's the activity is much more increased. Wow. So how does your communication strategy change between the internal and external audiences from this? Well, I think when I think about communication strategy, there's a fundamental principle that I think holds for whatever we do. And that's like your staff, your employees, your caregivers, they need to know what's going on first. So that's where we prioritize. We first want to make sure that we're getting the right information out. So if there's active labor negotiations going on, we want to make sure that we're giving our caregivers updates. Here's what's happening. Here's the proposals that are on the table and doing those regular updates so they know. But then when things kind of maybe you are going to get out in the public a little bit. We want to think about what's going on there. So, so much of union and labor negotiations, most people never see it. But if there's an action going to be taken, if there's an informational picket mm-hmm. or a potential strike threat, 
well, that is going to get out in the public. So we want to make sure we have our messaging ready to go. And again, tell our side of the story, what we're doing, give the real facts on what's being offered to the union and we do that proactively. But I would say we always go back to making sure that internal audience is never surprised and they're getting the right information. That's the core foundation. Absolutely. So which audience would you say is more challenging to communicate with? Oh my gosh. I think it's maybe equal, but you know, if you look at caregivers, especially frontline caregivers, let's take nurses, right? I mean, they're not sitting at a computer looking at email all day. So, you know, making sure that we get the report of what's going on to them can be challenging. So a lot of times we have to do things like town hall meetings or, you know, just get ways to get the, the word out differently. And the public is some of the same challenges, you know, they're dispersed, there's different channels to get to them. But I think our messaging is most critical internally. If we don't hit that internal audience and understand what we're doing, that's going to have a, a spillover effect. So, you know, people go into our facilities, they might hear about it, they might not get the right information. So both audiences are really challenging. I think I've got to go back to the internal audience in this one because they just have to know. And so they can be challenging to reach and we have to think about different ways to do it. So we kind of pull out the whole arsenal of getting information out to them. That makes sense. I think internal alignment is definitely a key to a successful strategy. But then I also think about what the impact would be to the healthcare consumers, because you're not only do you have your internal audience that you're serving, but also how does it impact your healthcare consumers? Yeah. And I think the big challenge is if you were to take a strike. So, you know, we saw many healthcare systems in 2022, especially get threatened with strikes. There was a few that actually happened and those can be very disruptive because you're going to shut down a facility from anywhere between, you know, one to 10 days is kind of usually how long these strikes work. Mm -hmm. And that becomes very disruptive. So, you know, you have to figure out how to get patients on and off your campus. You might have, you know, strike lines that people have to cross. You have to figure out staffing. That's really disruptive. So, you know, I think we, we see that when these things are in the news, they may last like a day. The cycle may last a day when, when there's, you know, let's say they're doing informational picket or something. But if they actually go to a strike and actually walk out, then you have a lot of operational impacts. And that's where I think things can go. You know, you have to be very careful with your brand and what people are hearing in the community so that you reassure people that things are safe, what you're trying to do to resolve the situation. But that's where you could take a real hit to the brand. Absolutely. But one of the things, you know, I'm curious about is your record and in your past experience has really been on healthcare consumer communication. So, how has that experience helped prepare you for this yeah. particular role? I think really just understanding what people need to hear, what mm -hmm. type of messages they need to hear. And the biggest thing is, no matter what happens, even if there is a strike, the hospital facility is going to be safe. We're going to have what people need. We'll, we'll just need to communicate exactly what's happening. So I always go back to the fact that people need to understand clearly what you're doing, make the points easy to understand, and just reinforce them. So again, just those foundational principles of how to communicate even though this situation is different, those really don't change. Absolutely. What role has technology played in this communication strategy? I'm sure it's a little bit different yeah. than the, the role of technology for communicating with healthcare consumers. Yeah, I think this one is interesting because it's probably the least technologically advanced of, of our strategies. Because honestly, when we're looking at that internal audience, we just need to get them information. So, you know, we're using email do a lot of flyers. I know that sounds wild, you know, printed flyers, but when you can put something out or distribute something out so they can get the information while they're on their shift or whatever, that's often a lot of effective ways to do it. We do mailings. Sometimes we'll do mailings to people's homes so they can really get the whole proposal. And, you know, we have stood up some digital assets and put up websites and things, but, and those work, but you really have to get the tactics out there as broadly as you can to that internal audience. So I wouldn't say it's the most, you know, exciting 
uh, challenge in terms of, but it's the fundamentals, like just getting people the information in a variety of ways. And especially if you're kind of at the point where, wow, there really might be a strike or there's been a strike authorization and we're trying to close a deal, we've got to get the facts out so that people are voting because their membership's going to take a vote. Right. We need to make sure they understand exactly what's on the table. And sometimes we'll hear that they learned new things. Many times we'll hear that they learned new things for our communication they weren't actually getting when they saw the proposal or the information from the union. Hello Healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health. Healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to identify their highest risk patients and drive them to care. Increase your patient volumes, revenue growth, and improve your quality scores today. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now, back to the show. So based on your experience in some of these episodes, what has been some of the feedback from your internal audiences on what you guys are doing? Well, we've heard a lot that the communications help because you really are getting one side of the information if you're only listening to what's getting out from the union. So we want to make sure we get our proposals out so people really understand what are the financials on the table? What are, what are the non-financial elements? What's actually being negotiated? So we've heard that when we can put those messages out, people get them, that they often, they often learn new things that they hadn't heard before or maybe their rep hadn't told them. So it just gives a balanced picture. We really want to get that balanced picture out there so that when there's a vote being taken, we feel like they've gotten all the information we've put out about our proposal. That makes a lot of sense. So in this particular sense, because it's so analog, how do you measure the effectiveness and the success of, of your outreach? <laughs> Depends on how the vote goes. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's a big part of it. Did a contract get approved? Uh, did the tides come to terms? A lot of that is part of the measurement, frankly. Um, getting feedback um, from leaders on the ground. So, you know, interacting with staff, you have a lot of like chief nursing officers, chief HR officers. We get the feedback from them. They hear from people. Mm-hmm. So we're not necessarily collecting things in this sort of digital way or, you know, traditional ways that marketers and communicators might do it. It's a lot of just feedback on the ground. Again, looking at how the results go. And then, you know, whenever things do get into public monitoring, the media that's out there, the positivity of the stories, started to explore too some brand research on this topic. So if you have a lot of union activity going on in our market, did it change any brand perceptions? We can look at that too. So there's all that. But I think this particular topic is the best when you're actually getting feedback from people who are receiving the information, and then watching how the negotiations and the votes actually turn out. Has the feedback that you received helped kind of for more proactive and preventative approaches? Yes, well, for sure. And I think a big part of this is actually setting expectations for how visible the communications are going to be. Because honestly, much of what's happening is taking place in a bargaining table and What do you really want to send out? So you want to send out your reports, but you want to be very targeted, very specific about it. So that can be hard for some people to understand of like, well, you know, maybe the union's out there on Facebook and they put out this huge thing and, you know, it's very negative about our organization. Why aren't we out there countering? Why aren't we hitting back? And the question communicators have to ask is, is it valuable at the table? Like, is it going to help? If we do that, is it going to help close a deal? And so we work really closely with our partners, you know, on legal and government affairs and others, and just thinking through the strategy of like, how vocal should we be? And, you know, so often we'll just kind of let things, I, I not say slide, but kind of really pick our battles as far as where we're going to get very vocal in the community. But that takes a, a level set with your partners to mm-hmm. understand that of here's why you might not see us being really vocal on this. We want to resolve this. We want to get this solved. We want to do it to the benefit of the caregivers in our communities. And the best way to do that is not have it out there super public. And so that's a consideration, but people don't understand that. They always kind of think, well, one message goes out, 
we've got to respond. And we have to be very careful about that. So when you say partners, who are your kind of internal partners that are helping you with this? Yeah, so definitely legal and, you know, whoever is negotiating the contract, the bargaining team who's sitting down, and then human resources, you know, so those are our key partners in this. And then also it depends on what union it's involved. If it's nurses, you know, the chief nursing officer is, is a key kind of piece of that. So those are the operational units that kind of come together. And then, you know, if there's actually a potential of a strike, that's when a lot of planning has to go into what's going to happen. So if we get that 10-day notice, immediately as you get that 10-day notice, you kick in and you say emergency communications sort of start. Like we stand up emergency communications center, there's, you know, command center on campus, incident response, almost like you would respond to, you know, other problems that might pop up and say, how are we going to handle this? So in 10 days, we're not going to have a normal workforce. Like we've, you know, work has been going on behind the scenes to make sure we're ready for that. But now you've got to start implementing it. That means a lot of like on the ground communications are happening every day. So just planning for that. There's a lot of planning that goes into being ready. Yeah, definitely not an easy job. I'm not sure why you no. took, took it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's just going to be something that communicators are going to deal with more and more. And, you know, we're seeing the activity pick up other places. You're seeing Amazon, Apple, and, you know, but healthcare is happening too. So it's going to be something communities have to deal with and you need to be prepared. And the best way to think through is kind of assess what's going on in your community. I hadn't always thought about this at various positions in my career, but, you know, when you're starting a communications role, probably a good idea to figure out, do you have unions in place? When are their agreements coming up? Get to know the legal and HR people just to get ahead of it. Because I think we're going to see this activity. It's continued to, to spike up this year. It's not going to recede, I don't think, in the near future. That's some really good advice in terms of someone who may be coming in and stepping in a role like yeah. yours. What would be the top three lessons that you've learned since you've assumed this role that can help someone who's coming in? The biggest one is just to get agreement on expectations right off the bat about how, what your strategy is going to be. You know, again, are you, are, NPR, are people comfortable? If you're taking sort of a, we're going to try to really focus on the internal audience. And if we take, you know, a bad story or two in public, that's okay. Because at the end of the day, we're going to settle this contract. We're not going to go to a strike. But just setting those expectations, that's the number one thing. Not to take it personal. So the other thing is, some of these communications are pretty pointed and not always honestly fair. So they're out there, you know, they're, they're saying things about executives, organizations, people that work there. The, the Communications can get really heated and not very friendly when contracts are up. But don't take it personally because, again, like if you get angry and if you start responding with your communications with a negative tone, like you don't want to do that. So I think don't take it personal. Set those expectations. Those are probably the two biggest things. I guess the third one would be, again, really understand your landscape. Okay, so what are you likely to face? Who are the unions in your area? What are they doing with other systems? You know, you can be out there looking at the news and saying, well, maybe they're not negotiating with us right now, but wow, they're having a really contentious negotiation with another hospital or another healthcare system. Let's start planning because we know when our contract's up next year, this is probably what we're going to have to prepare for. So I guess it's, you know, knowing the expectations, really thinking through what your strategy is going to be, not taking it personally and understanding your landscape. That's the best way to go into this and prepare. That sounds like really sound advice. What about impact to the brand? Do yeah. you guys see impact to the brand from a healthcare consumer perspective? You know, we're starting to do some research into that a little bit. I think what I've noticed most often, again, is these things will flare up in public for a little bit, a day or two when there's a protest. And that doesn't really impact the brand. I don't know the, the specifics of like if you actually took a strike. If you actually took a 10-day strike and it was in the news every day for 10 days, you know, could that have some impact? I think it probably could. I do think, you know, again, this people 
if they start out with a with a strong feeling of sentiment for their healthcare system or their hospital, I think they see this and, and understand this is something that's going to get resolved and probably won't have a long-term effect. But you do have to be really careful. And honestly, too, knowing sort of the political climate where you live. So, you know, if you're a blue or purple state, might be very different than a red state, right? As far as who's going to come out kind of on the public perception side of things. So that's a piece of this too. Fascinating. Alan, thank you so much for your time and sharing these amazing insights. I think it's really important and it's something that is overlooked, I think, by a lot of marketing organizations, especially within healthcare. So thank you for sharing those insights. If folks in the audience would like to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to sure. get a hold of you? Yeah, and I'd love to talk to people who, who need advice on this because I think this is a subject people don't talk about too much. So you can find me at LinkedIn, Twitter, also my website, alanshubridge.com. I'd love to connect with people. Thank you so much again, Alan. For those of you in the audience that want to continue the conversation on crisis communication, Alan is one of the best experts in the industry. Until next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning in to Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, subscribe on hellohealthcare.com. Thanks. And when we see you next time, hello.